Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports for a a lovely election Tuesday where we're going to give you a little break from the election news. Hopefully you went out and voted, but uh, we're going to give you a distraction, a diversion from the, the day's big events, and it's time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball. And joining me to discuss it, Jody Genesee of the Deseret News, like my favorite of the Jazz Beat writers, who actually have a great core of writers. But uh, Jody, taking some time from an airport in New York, thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, you're keeping me away from the Shake Shack, so that's probably really good for me. <laughs> By the way, that has got to be one of the temptations. For people who don't know, and I actually wanted to talk with you about this a little bit, you've now lost, was it 115 pounds since you started this project kind of at the end of last, the project, this this effort to lose weight since the end of last season? <laughs> it is a project. <laughs> I've lost 118 and a half pounds now. So yeah, it's since March. Well, that's, that's amazing. First off, it just, has it been diet, a little exercise, just kind of lifestyle changes? Yeah, it's mostly just been the, the healthy lifestyle change. And, you know, they say that Losing weight is 80% diet, 20% exercise, but for me, it's probably been a ratio of 97% diet, 3% exercise. I really haven't engaged in, a, in, a, in a, an established exercise regimen yet, just because I had so much weight to lose, and I'm on a program that I eat six small, healthy meals every day, and it, it's pretty low calorie, and so if I were to exercise a lot, then that would kind of maybe put me down into starvation mode. So I'm trying to walk that fine line of, of giving myself enough nutrition and, and food, but not overexerting myself and, and damaging my, uh, you know, my, my health or my effort. I would think for this, and I think the thing I find, and I know a lot of writers, I've had this conversation with Ken Berger, who's, for people who don't know from CBS Sports, is kind of a, a CrossFit workout guru, nut, whatever word you want to use, um, whatever, whatever term whatever term Ken would like to use there. Um, but it's hard on the road. That's the, that's the thing that really impresses me. It's, it's one thing to do it at home when you can kind of stock your fridge with salads, but you said you're in an airport with a Shake Shack. It's harder to be on point. Yeah, it really is. And it's 
when you get out here on the road and, you know, the newspapers don't have, like, extravagant budgets and we don't get the crazy per diem that the players do, but <laughs> we still get paid. Our food gets paid for by our, our newspapers. And so you're generally just thinking, okay, I can eat, you know, I, I can have this shake here. I can grab some, some uh, candy bars here. I can eat just crappy food in the press room there. And, and so that's one of the things that we're, our lives are so crazy out here. That's one of the, the points of pleasure we have is, Hey, you're in Memphis. We're going to grab some awesome barbecue. You're in New York. You're going to grab anything awesome everywhere, uh, you know, and so forth and so on. Some beignets in New Orleans and et cetera. But it's funny. My wife told me, she said, hey, you're knucklehead. Your uh, paper is paying for your food. Why don't you have them pay for a nice piece of salmon and some grilled vegetables? I'm <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. And. That is, yeah, I think that, that it's, like you said, it's just a challenge when you're like, oh, I'm going to be in New Orleans, I'm going to do all this, but that that's what gets you in trouble. I, I struggle more during the second half of the year when I travel more for work uh, and, and travel to games and stuff than I do, you know, like I said, it's when I'm home, and I think... And I, uh, I think that's the case for a lot of... I, probably not just, I mean, not just NBA writers, but anybody who travels. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I do a couple of things, like... The health program I'm on right now, I eat. They have prepackaged food that I eat, and it's balanced with good carbs, good fat, good uh, protein. And so, like some, I eat uh, protein shakes. Like this morning, I was in a New York hotel, and I actually packed my blender with me, which is, is kind of insane. But I took the blender down to the gym, so I wouldn't get everybody on my floor mad at me. And I got some ice and water and made a protein shake there. And so I, I just find that if I'm prepared. You know, I have healthy food with me. I'll buy healthy snacks like pistachios or almonds or things like that and try to keep drinking water. And I find that, you know, as long as I'm prepared and, and have a game plan and then make sure that I make healthy choices in the restaurants that I do go to and avoid most press from food, it's, it makes it much more doable. Uh, you, you, I wouldn't put the, carry, the blender in the carry-on. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't think that that goes as well. <laughs> Oh, um, uh, I, I, knowing me, I'll, actually, this is a big blender. <laughs> I, I need to get one of those small blenders. So my, my uh, carry-on, I don't even know if I could handle this blender. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what's been the reaction of, like, I don't know about players, but, like, people around the jazz that you deal with? It's funny because uh, I think fans sometimes have a unrealistic re- expectation of, of the relationship that writers have with players. Oh, yeah. So a lot of fans <laughs> this summer, they're, they're excited. I'm getting a lot of such the jazz community, and the NBA community has just embraced this change for me. I, let me give you a little bit of background for those who don't know. I started in March. I weighed 374 pounds. I'm only 5'7 and a half, and so I've lost 118 pounds, and now down to 255. So I'm still quite overweight. But it's been uh, an incredible change for me, and people have just been so awesome to me. I haven't had a player yet who's noticed or mentioned it, but <laughs> jazz management, all of them have, have, like, coaches, all the coaches, the assistants, uh, Dennis Lindsay, Quinn Snyder, uh, you know, they just have all really been, uh, Steve Starks, their president, just really supportive, and it's really, you know, they're excited for me. They, they don't always love everything I write, but, you know, become uh you have a relationship on a personal level as well and, and people care about you and I, I just i can't tell you how much it means to have that support from the fans and from you know teams and 
writers as well and, and media. It's just really neat. Uh, that's uh, it's 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 great that you're being supported like that, and it, it, I imagine it helps along the line as you're uh, as you're going through this. So we'll, we'll move over and actually talk um, basketball. I don't know if you, if you might be familiar. Oh with yeah, that. let's do that. Uh, yeah, um, I watched the game yesterday, uh, or not yesterday, Sunday when the Jazz played um, and got Gordon Hayward back, and that in New York, and boy, it just flowed better. Just I mean, it was a rough start for him for the first few minutes. He looked like a guy shaking off rust. But the offense just started to flow a lot better with him back in there. He's, he, people debate whether he's an all-star or a star-type player and say the Jazz can't be successful without a star player. He really is uh, an underrated player, if not a star. I mean, because he does so many things well. And he moves without the ball well. He sets good screens. He is a good passer. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He didn't shoot great against the Knicks, but I mean, from the free throw line, it's fourteen for fourteen. But so, yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy that makes the, he's the glue of this Jazz team, and he makes every everybody better. And he's the type of player that sometimes he doesn't dazzle you with his moves or anything. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he just he just makes everybody better. He's the kind of guy that coaches love to have on their team because because he's going to do all the things that the coach wants him to do, including playing defense. Uh, communicating well with the guys out there. He's more of a vocal leader than he used to be. He's stronger than he used to be. He's got good athleticism. And so here, here's the, he makes the Jazz better in a lot of different ways. For one, I mean, he has another uh, offensive weapon that he can score. And as he showed Sunday, he scored 28 points in his debut. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, but he also allows Joe Johnson to go to the bench, and now suddenly the Jazz, who had probably the worst bench in the NBA last year, now suddenly have a bench that has Joe Johnson, eventually they'll have Boris Diaw, and Dante Exum, and guys like Shelvin Mack and Joe Ingles aren't required to do as much as they were last year, which, you know, they're serviceable ninth, tenth guys, but now you're pushing them down the bench a little bit, and so you, now you're, you're bolstering your second unit with Joe Johnson. You have a lot of scoring options and defensive options on the first unit, and the result was just what we saw in New York. It just it, everything flowed. That's the perfect word for it. Yeah, and I also loved. You know, this this wasn't a blowout completely. They they had to close it out, um, and they went to a really nice lineup. George Hill, who's been f- fantastic. We're going to get to him, but George Hill, Hayward, Rodney Hood, who's been knocking it down. Uh, Gobert in the middle and Joe Johnson. So they went like almost a four out. And I looked at that lineup and they just, I mean, they tore through the Knicks and I'm like this, I mean, granted it's the Knicks. It was nice of the the jazz to ease Gordon Hayward back in against like the worst defense in the NBA, but (laughs) it's going to, it's going to be a lineup that can do a lot of damage at the end. Again, I really like that rotation. Yeah, and that's something that the Jazz didn't do last year. They were really competitive. I don't know if people realize. I can't remember the number of games that they lost by five points or fewer. But it was it was pretty significant last year. And so they were in games, and they were just so young and inexperienced. They just didn't have a, a, a great closeout mentality. And it seems like now they do. I mean, Gordon Hayward's in his seventh season. And like you talked about that lineup, you, you – Normally they start with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, which is a menacing defensive duel duo down in the paint. But uh, when you go having Gordon Hayward back allows him to play small now, and so you know you have Rudy Gobert. But then the rest of the guys 
a bunch of wings, and so and, and who can do a lot of different things. They can. New York threw a pretty tight uh, press on them, and the Jazz beat it every time, and uh, which led to a dunk by Rodney Hood, and because they have four ball handlers out there and guys who can shoot, and so it's gonna. That's the, another exciting thing for the Jazz is that with Gordon Hayward back, they have all these options. They can go big. They can. I mean, Gordon Hayward's uh, almost six nine, and yeah. uh, Favors six ten. Gobert is six seven one. So they can play big, but they can also play small because they have a lot of versatile players. Yeah, I mean, I, I, speaking of Hayward, and I meant to bring this up before. This is a guy who almost made USA basketball. Coach K loves him and loves him for the versatility you're talking about. Put him in an international game and use him in a variety of ways as a matchup, and it, you know he does all the little things that, like you said, coaches love. I've had look, I've had people talk about him as a borderline All NBA player if the Jazz had a fifty win type of season. Which now that they're healthy, especially once they get DL back, I don't know that that's out of the question. But the defense hasn't quite been where we expected it yet. Yeah, I mean that's been kind of the the one downfall to the beginning of the season for the Jazz there with Rudy Gobert in the middle and then got with point guards like George Hill and Dante Exum they should be a better defensive team than they have been and and they floundered a little bit they I believe they're they're bordering on the top 10 in defensive efficiency but this this is a top five defensive team and so they need to pick it up right there but I think Gordon Hayward will help that because he's an underrated defensive player and now that you have one, he's a much better defensive player than Joe Johnson is. Yeah. So that's an upgrade right there. So that you will probably start seeing their defensive numbers improve uh, over the course of time here. But the one thing they missed last year was not having Dante Exum, having that long, uh, quick point guard out on the, the perimeter to to pair up with Rudy Gobert. And so uh, now that they have the both of those, you know, you have the, the really good playmaker, uh, defender, and the rim protector. I think that uh, getting Gordon Hayward back should definitely bolster that defense, too. It should. And, and George Hill has been fantastic. And I think just talk about another guy who's just an unrate, underrated player in the NBA. Look, Popovich loves him. Popovich gave him up to get Kawhi Leonard and would do it again 17 times over now. But he didn't. He was, I don't want to say hesitant, but he didn't love the move in the sense that it was a risk. He loved having George Hill on that team. When put in good positions, Hill has been fantastic everywhere, and he was asked to do a lot with Hayward out early, and he lived up to it. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we're finding out is that he's a really good leader, too, and he's really intense and competitive, and so the Jazz have a a lot of underspoken nice guys, and so... And he's not outspoken, but he is definitely will speak up. And Quinn Snyder has charged him with the task of being aggressive and being vocal and being a good leader, and he's stepped up to it. But his shooting just – and, you know, he's, he can shoot the threes, he can drive with, uh, and score inside, but it also forces teams to crash in on him, and then he can dish the ball out and help the Jazz get more three-pointers than they have in the past too. But the thing that impresses me the most about George Hill – he had zero turnovers against the Knicks. That guy is averaging just about one turnover a game. Uh, for a guy who has the ball in his hands for most of the game, I mean, that's just a phenomenal number. He's just, he doesn't have a ton of assists. He did have nine on Sunday, but, but his assist-to-turnover ratio is just outstanding. And when you got a, got a guy who can 
do so many things with the ball except for give it to the other team. That's such a, a bonus. You know, I was one of those guys, and I'm look, I think everybody had the Jazz kind of, I mean, a lot of people thought last year they'd, they'd be a threat, maybe make the playoffs. Injuries kind of sidelined that, but everybody this year, they were a, a breakout team. You know, I had them as like fourth in the West in my preseason. A lot of people had them in the playoffs. Internally, what are their expectations? You know, they're funny because they don't want to, they don't want to jinx themselves. In fact, talk to Derek Favors at the, the media day and he didn't even really, yeah, we've, we kind of want to make the playoffs. You're like, dude, we know you guys want to make the playoffs and they, they think that they can be a, a 50, 55 win team, but they don't want to say it out loud. So they like to keep the, <laughs> the expectations, uh, un, close to the, the vest. And so, but I mean, really they, they addressed all the needs that they had. I, I've talked to GMs and coaches around the league, and on the record and off the record, they're just like, wow, I saw what the Jazz did, and I was so impressed. Doc Rivers thinks that they had the best offseason in the NBA, uh, perhaps even including uh, Golden State added, uh, adding Durant. And, and that's just because the three additions that the Jazz added George Hill, Joe Johnson, and Boris Diaw are going to help the Jazz make a bigger leap in talent and results than Durant will to an already incredible team. You know, he's an incredible addition to the Warriors, but it's it's a bigger trajectory of improvement for the Jazz. And so, I uh, it's they're better at the point guard position. They're better at the wings position with the uh, Joe Johnson and they eventually will be better at the bigs with Forrest Diaw, and they're more experienced. They have guys who have a ton of playoff experience where they had hardly anyone before that had ever even been to the playoffs. And so this is a team that was a borderline playoff team last year. They just fell short down the stretch and were plagued by injuries. But now that they have this young core and some savvy veterans uh, mixed together with the Quinn Snyder, who's, I mean, he yeah. he has those guys, you know, he, he runs a pretty tight ship, and they, they follow him. And so I think it's a good combination to be a 51 team, and that's what the Jazz and others expect. The challenge for them coming up is you talk about this great young core, and we're talking about this as a kind of an up-and-coming team in the in the West. they got to keep this together. Derek, um, we'll start with Gordon Hayward. He can opt out this summer. I assume... They're just going to try to max him, but does he look around? Yeah, that's. I mean, that was the one thing. So, so the Jazz, just giving a little bit of background, they didn't extend him in the early signing period. You know, when he was entering his fourth season, and they really made a tactical error there because they ended up paying him more. He got the max for a fourth-year player the next summer, and Charlotte. Uh, the one thing that they did that hurt the Jazz when they signed him to as a to, uh, as a, to a offer sheet, uh, they got that extension or the off the option to opt out after the third year. The Jazz certainly would have preferred to have no options in that contract, and so he for sure will opt out this offseason. He'd be silly not to. And wherever he goes, with whether it be the Jazz or elsewhere, if Boston's a popular pick, because. Yeah. He has such strong ties with Brad Stevens from his Butler days. You know, he would. Who wouldn't want to play for your a guy that was, you consider the second father? I mean, yeah. so that, that's a possibility. But if the Jazz win this year, he loves Salt Lake City. He stayed here all summer. He just bought bought a new house in Salt Lake City. 
Uh, he's raising his kids here, and so he has strong ties to Salt Lake City as well. He really has a great working relationship with Quinn Snyder, and so the, plus the Jazz can offer him an extra year of guaranteed money, max contract money. So he can either go somewhere else for a max with, for four years or stay with the Jazz for five years, and I think that's what he'll opt to do. Yeah, I, I think that there's a sense, though, that the, the teams around the league, uh, look, if there's a guy GMs would like to get, he is near the top of the list because you can plug him in almost anywhere and, and he'd fit in. Obviously, Boston is a name you hear just because of that Brad Stevens thing. And I, he might listen, and that's obviously a very good team. But uh, it's I think Utah has a real shot of retaining him, but it goes beyond him and keeping this core together. They they extended, you know, they got the new deal for Gobert. But Derek Favors comes up in the summer of 2018. I mean, uh, they're going to have to do something with George Hill next summer. He's going to have options. There's going to have to spend some money now to keep this together. Yeah, so <laughs> that puts the Jazz in an interesting position because they've been such a fiscally smart team the past few years and been under the cap and, and yeah. saved a lot of money there. They're not a, and the Millers aren't an ownership that that wants to go above and you know pay the uh, the luxury tax. And so, but they're going to be borderline. I, you, they have the. Uh, the makeup and the wherewithal to uh, sign all their core players, but then it's like, who are you going to be able to sign outside of them? So uh, it's going to be a little bit tricky and tight, but if they want to keep Derek Favors, they would be smart to try to sign an extension here uh, shortly and George Hill try to do that during the season uh, if they possibly can because their value is only going to get up, and George Hill is just – I mean, he's the MVP of this team right now, and he's only making $8 million this year. He's going to make a lot more next year. But he's a game changer with a Quinn Snyder system, which is similar to a Popovich system. You want, you know, you, you need a strong point guard. Like, Pop relied on Tony Parker for so long. George Hill could be the Tony Parker for the Jazz for the next five years. So they also have Dante Exum, which, and Dante is a nice player, but he's not to the level of George Hill at this point in his career. And so I think the Jazz would be really smart to uh, sign him up for as long as they possibly can. Yeah, and Exum missed all of last year with the with the ACL injury. He got playing for the Na- Australian national team. He still seems to be, I don't know, to me it looked like he was kind of finding his way a little bit. He's just not, ba- he seemed to be on a much better trajectory that's been stalled out a little bit by the injury, and he's still trying to find his way back to that. Yeah, and I mean, that's understandable. You'd miss a full season, and honestly, he had missed, he played the, his entire rookie year. He played all 82 games, but he hadn't played the year before that either. So yeah. two of the last three years, because he, he didn't go to college, and he just kind of piddled around in Australia. He was working hard and getting ready for the draft, but wasn't really on a, a, an organized team like a college team or a professional team. So I mean, two of the last three years, he hasn't played organized ball that much, and one of those years he was recovering from a, an intensive knee surgery. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's shown some glimpses. The other night he had a burst to the basket. He didn't make the layup, but he just showed his incredible speed. He's got those long legs, so quick. He's got such good length, uh, both with his arm span and his, his height. And so he has, like, school skills and, and the, the tool set to – be this really phenomenal point guard is just going to take some time. Yeah, the the other guy on this team that a lot of other teams covered covet, I should say, is is Rodney Hood. 
Rodney Hood has developed into a really nice two guard. Yeah, it's funny coming out of college. Uh, you know, the, the big knock on him was: was he going to be able to be a defensive player? Was he going to be able to be more than just a three-point shooter? And so far, as a pro, he's shown that he can splash. He's a capable defender. And when he gets his stroke going, like last uh, last game against the Knicks in the fourth quarter, he had 12 points and just looked phenomenal. And you, that's the exciting thing for the Jazz is you get Hood and Johnson coming, you know, playing together at the beginning of fourth quarters. They're going to have such a, a favorable advantage against some other second units. And you know, while Hayward's getting a rest, you got these other two guys that can just score points in bunches. And Rodney Hood, just a smooth player. It's fun for him that he has Joe Johnson, his childhood hero. Uh, his mom helped him beat Joe when he was a young kid, as the guy that he looked up to. So now he's learning the, the ins and outs of, of this NBA trade from his hero. Uh, Joe Johnson is. Uh, he's a savvy, wily guy. So he's 35 years old. He's been around the block. So it's, he can impart his knowledge on, on Rodney Hood. But yeah, he's. He's certainly developed better than most uh, NBA GMs thought he would. He was, I mean, he fell clear to 23rd in the draft a couple years ago. Yep. Um, you've been traveling. I mean, it's it's early in the season. You've only seen a handful of other teams, so I'm just I'm going to put this in a general sense. Anybody that's impressed you? Anybody that caught you off guard from other teams that you're like, wow, I didn't expect that yet? Um, I, I just think uh, the Clippers look really super good and. Jazz got the, the Spurs once, and, and that shocked me more than anything. But the Spurs came back, and they looked really nice. And I just, you know, I know we talk, you talked about Kawhi Leonard earlier, but I remember when, you know, being from Utah, we used to watch Jimmer just, I mean, he he had the better of Kawhi in those San Diego yeah. State-BYU matchups. And it's just funny to see the the development of Kawhi into a, becoming an NBA superstar well, Jimmer is now becoming a China superstar. I guess he's tearing it up overseas. But uh, I'm just so impressed with Kawhi Leonard. And uh, on Sunday, I love Kristaps Porzingis. I think that the Knicks, like you mentioned, once they get that defensive, uh, they're the defense heading in the right direction. I think they have some nice tools. Derrick Rose looked okay, although George Hill did outplay him. But offensively, uh, Derrick Rose looked pretty good. But Porzingis is fun to, to watch, and so I, those are a couple of things that stick out immediately to me. Oh, and another one, I, I can't forget the Ogden guy, Damian Lillard. Holy cow. Oh, geez, yeah. He just is off to an incredible start, and I love his raps. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? That thing's selling shockingly well. Like, it, it, he has done a good job with that part of it. Like, it's been well marketed. Well, I, I just admire Damian Lillard. He, you know... He played a college ball in Ogden, which is about an hour north of Salt Lake City. And he is just, he embraced Ogden, and he loves Oakland, he loves Ogden, he loves Oregon. I love that he's the letter O, and that was the name of his album. He's just a very loyal guy. It's fun to see him uh, do so well in multiple ways this year. He, I listened to his rap there with Lil Wayne. Yeah. He's really good. He's, yeah, it, I was kind of surprised. I, I was like, wow, that's actually... I just I was I was afraid of some like Kobe esque thing, and it was actually good. <laughs> uh, as long as he's better than Shaq. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> by the way, I got to say the best part of Sunday was 
the uh, Gobert got the better of Porzingis at the rim twice, and I don't mean that as a knock on Porzingis in the like. Look, that guy can shoot the three. He is the future of the Knicks. There's a lot to like there. But I, when I saw Gobert at summer league, uh, one of the first things he talked to him about, you know, playing in France. One of the first things, or for France in the Olympics, was that he looked thicker. Like he's gotten stronger, and it shows in moments like that when he goes up against Porzingis at the rim. Oh yeah, I mean Porzingis is huge. He's seven foot three. Gobert's seven foot one. And if you watch the still photos of that dunk that he had over Porzingis, he's got the ball like at the top of the square, and uh, he was just, uh, even above there. He was so high, and that was just such a a pivotal moment there where he gets the slam over Porzingis and then on the next possession he blocks Porzingis and you know that's the Jazz love Rudy Gobert and it was a smart move by them to sign him to yeah. an extension we were talking about the extensions earlier but I mean he's their their heart and soul their defense so when he can give you some offense like that dunk or uh, eventually they hope to get some mid-range jumpers from him and He's showing a little bit of improvement with his left hand as well, with some little hooks and some better uh, offensive moves using his improved muscle mass. I think the the sky is, I mean, he, he's already in the sky. Yeah. The sky really is the limit for Rudy Gobert. It was just a really smart move to Jazz to lock him down for the next four years, too. Look, you've got to. In the way the NBA is developing... Guys who can are athletic and can protect the rim and get out and run a little are look. There's a reason that everybody's talking about New Orleans Noel, and it's not his track record. Like it's a trade. Gobert is one of the, if not the best, defensive centers in the NBA right now, and young. And they they had to lock him up. Oh, absolutely. And you were there when uh, Doc Rivers was talking about him. Yeah. Somebody asked him about uh, you know him and DeAndre Jordan, and I loved how Doc phrased it, saying, "Well." You know, the only reason other people don't have Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Jordan is because we have them signed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there aren't they guys would want like them that. If they could have them. Yeah, and and what other guys are there out there like that? There's just not big athletic guys who can get up and down like that. And and there's only a handful of them, and they become very valuable because of the rim protection, just the way the league is going. So, yeah, I you had to lock him up because that gives you a core, and I think. That gives, what you said, when Gordon Hayward's thinking this summer, he's going to have options. He's, he's got to think about what he wants. But you look at this Utah team and where it is, and if he likes the city, that that stability matters. Yeah, and his, I mean, to me, this there was some rumors that he wanted to be traded this offseason, and my sources said that was uh, malarkey. <laughs> yeah. But it, to me, it showed a lot that he stayed in Salt Lake City, to work out with the team in the offseason. His wife was pregnant. Her first pregnancy, they both went back to Indiana. They're both Indianapolis kids. They both went back to Indianapolis and had their first kid. And now they both stayed in Salt Lake City and kind of made it their home. They have a new home. And I think that was a, a big, uh, you know, pat on the back to the Utah Jazz organization, which is really trying hard to make it uh, not just a, a good place to play for these players, these players, but a good place to live as well. And so they've made a lot of strides in really making these players feel at home. Derek Favors loves Salt Lake City, wants to stay here as long as he can. Rudy Gobert loves Salt Lake City, wants to stay here as long as he can. So you got a, a perception that Salt Lake City is this backwards town and no, no NBA player wants to go there, but then you get these NBA guys that get there and they love it. And the Jazz are trying to uh, 
uh, do as much as they can to foster that kind of relationship. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it's the NBA city for everyone, but I think if you get the right guys, look, twenty-three-year-old J.R. Smith probably isn't a fit, but a, but a lot of guys. I want to see that though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to hang with him for twenty-four hours, but but I I don't. But a lot of guys who will fit in there. And I think that they've done a good job of it's. And I think this is true. This is not just true of Salt Lake. I think you can say this about Sacramento or San Antonio or a number of other markets. If you get the guys who fit that market, you'll be fine. And they've done a good job of that. Exactly. And like George Hill said recently, he said, you know, uh, Salt Lake city is is a good place to raise a family. And he's kind of in that mode right now of his life that he wants. He's more concerned about raising his family. He has a young child. Uh, than he is about which, you know, where the nightclubs are, where the hot spots are. So, yeah, you got to find, and the Jazz are trying to try to carefully pick the players who will mesh with this community, and obviously the players as well. It's, it's kind of a tricky uh, scenario sometimes for them, but I think they've done a good job at this moment. Yeah, thanks. I know you got to catch a plane, Jody. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Kurt. You uh, usually I'm like falling asleep or trying to go over and buy expensive souvenirs for my kids and <laughs> exactly. hanging out the duty free tax place. So I'm happy to chat with you instead of doing that. Exactly. Well, well, it was great talking not only jazz, but just like life of an NBA reporter a little bit. So thanks for doing this. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, go there and subscribe. The pro basketball talk podcast is there. Of course, you can also find us on Stitcher, which is a great app for organizing your uh, podcasts you like to listen to on your phones. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us at Audio Boom with all the rest of the NBC Sports podcasts, including the new Mike Florio podcast, uh, PAM Florio, which is a great insider look at the NFL. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back later this week with more Pro Basketball Talk podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.